0: great. I'm feeling great. And welcome to another edition of The Grip right here. Man, I'm so excited to have this opportunity. I'm your host, David Anthony, DW, a.k.a. Senior Servant Leader of the Greater Guy, Sam Monday, Amy Zion Church, man. And I am thrilled Uh, to bring to you another program this week, man. We just got so much going on in our country. Really, we got so much going on in our country every time we get together. So it's a special time for me just to be hanging out and doing some of the stuff that I love to do, some of the things that I think are meaningful and powerful. And so, hey, because you have decided to take a few minutes to hang out with me I really appreciate it. So tweet somebody, text somebody, tell them David and Anthony with the grip is on. That's right, gaining relevant, innovative perspectives. That's right, a good grip is all you need. You know, if you get a good grip on life, if you get a good grip on purpose, if you get a good grip on uh, something that you are very interested in doing and hold on to it, it will help you. And during this time, man, you gotta have it. Now listen, let me handle something. Before I forget, I need to make sure that I do this. See this wonderful little box here? I'm telling you, this wonderful little box here is our Agape giveaway. And you can register for our Agape giveaway. We'll drop the link um, during the show so that you can be able to be a part of what's taking place and what's happening. But a lot of great stuff in this little box. And we wanna give it away, so register. Uh, at dwilliamsmusicgroup.com, uh, and uh, we'll drop all that for you form. It takes you maybe less than a minute to make it happen, and uh, certainly, I, I know somebody's saying, you know, are you going to open it up? No, nah, I ain't opening up this week. I opened it up last week. Should I open it? Uh, yeah, I, I better. Yeah, I better let you see. Man, some great stuff on the inside of this box, and definitely... T- some wonderful pieces from all things K-Beauty. K-Beauty has donated some stuff to go in this box. And uh, hey, so it's gonna be really nice. It's gonna be really nice for somebody to be able to share. And uh, we'll have some other things that uh, we'll be giving away um, during that time too. So it's gonna be real, real powerful um, for us. And so we're real excited about what's, uh, what's going to take place. Um, and so today, I am thrilled to have uh, a very, very powerful and influential young lady I've been knowing for a long, long time, Fortune Jacobs. How you doing?
1: I am well, sir. How are you? I'm going to you tell how long. I won't I, tell it.
0: I, I'm not going to tell it. I'm not. I'm not even going to get into the fact. Oh my goodness! It's it's been a long time. All. Uh, oh, for us our days uh, in the Cape Fear and your conference. Yes, and sir. oh man, it's it's been wonderful uh, just to um, continue to know you and the things that you're doing. Uh, very instrumental in what's happening uh, right now in the life of uh, students um, that are matriculating through school in the Durham County school system, uh, serving as a counselor and an educator and wearing multiple hats. Uh, as it relates to um, what she does in her church. So hey, we, we've got one of the powerful women of God who is just going forth, hanging out with us today. And so I'm glad that you've been able to carve out some few moments. I know in the, in the pre-run, we were talking about um, uh, everything that you've got going on Zoom-wise and all of these meetings. And I, I'm just looking at how busy we have become. And uh, I guess time will tell whether that, that's a good thing or not.
1: That's right. That's right. Because we're zooming all over the place. So we'll see what's happening in a couple of years.
0: Wow. And so I really wanted to kind of just talk today a little bit about education and to talk to some parents and some persons who are involved. And when I put it out there that you were going to be on the show, I got a couple of hits and I noted that you were a school counselor and some people said, yay, school counselor. And um, it's kind of, it's think,
1: National School Counselor Week, so you pick the right week to have a school look at
0: there. <laughs> hey, look at how God, look at God, look, look at God. God. Um, so uh, I, I, I was really excited about that because I know that sometimes that work goes unnoticed, especially in the midst of you know a pandemic and everything that we are going currently going through and the things that are happening um, yeah. for us right now in our country, it makes it extremely difficult. Um, to be able to really help kids, to be able to go forth, but uh, when you start thinking about uh, what's going on in our country, you know, relative to what was going on for us as students, you know, Carter G. Woodson writes in his book *The Miseducation of Negro*, and he starts talking about a plan, how important black education is, and how African Americans need to be educated. Um, what, what do you seem to think is the difference from then for us education-wise, you know, during our generation time and what's happening with students right now? What's the missing element for African-American students?
1: Um, well, you know, we grew up in a time that we were not involved in segregation, but our parents were. Okay. So a lot of that mindset was still there and the community was just that. Mm. And the school community was a community. Um, Being from a very small town, my uncle was the principal at my elementary school. Oh, wow. And then when I got to the seventh grade, actually the seventh through the 12th grades were in the same building. And my mother taught in that building.
0: So when you say small, how, you know, give individuals, you know, uh, the size of
1: the town a little
0: bit when you say small,
1: because, A few hundred people probably. Regalwood is very, very small um it's it's not even a town or incorporated as far as I know we literally have one stoplight
0: oh my okay that, so yeah, very, very that, that's small
1: okay <laughs> real yeah, small
0: yeah that's small that's about like snow hill mint yeah. hill them kind of places yes, like sir. that
1: I got yes. you all right yes, all sir. right all Those right. The, those are places I drove through on my way to East Carolina on highway 11 okay so really I, got you. I got you and so you know My mother was an educator, her sisters were educators, my aunts, you know, my dad's sisters, educators. So what I see is missing is that piece, that familial, you know, the parental support. Um, I'll be honest, you know, this is my 24th year in education. Well, congratulations. Um, Thank you, sir. 24 years, I'm getting there. Wow. And just the change in that time and what it took to get a parent to come to the school then versus now. Okay. And so it's almost like you have to inconvenience parents sometimes to get their attention. You know, you hate to say that. And of course I'm not stereotyping all parents. Right. It does happen. And you have those parents who would be there every day if you let them. Right. So what I see that's missing is just that community investment in the school, you know, again, and maybe it's also because I'm from a rural area. You know, on Friday nights, if there was a home basketball or football game, the community was at the game. Right. And everybody knew what was going on. Right. We don't get that now. And so in doing that,
0: you're finding that students are missing um, that interaction that is necessary from the community base, that interaction that's necessary uh, from the home base. And so then we start getting these kinds of reports Um, that we're getting now, where uh, in Education North Carolina, they started talking about this digital divide uh, of what's actually happening. And one of the senators, uh, Valerie Forsey, uh, brought up this issue that she knew of students who had to leave their home and uh, uh, because they didn't have access to Wi-Fi and internet to go to a place so they could just be able to, you know, get get their work done. So, as, as you're working uh, as a school counselor, um, how, how are our kids coping with this? I mean, you know, how, how, what are you seeing as the impact upon them from a counselor standpoint um, with them trying to cope with? It's, it's, everything has changed because a pandemic has come on and, and we That's got a social distance, and the demand is for me to have internet, and, and, and I'm
1: in trouble. Absolutely. They told us on Thursday, March 12th of 2020, tomorrow will be the last day for three weeks. We're going to have one week of spring break and two weeks to kind of plan for the pandemic. Um, and then we'll come back to school. Okay. I, along with several of my colleagues, took laptops, took my second monitor, everything I thought I might need because we knew there was no telling. So really, from Friday, March 13th, 2020, our students have not been back in the building. Wow. In Durham County. Okay. You know, So Durham invested a tremendous amount of money when they saw this coming in Chromebooks and hotspots. So okay. I am very proud to say I work in a system that has tried very hard to equip the students with those types of devices. Now, most of the time they had to get transportation to come and pick them up. That's a different issue. However, yeah. the staff at my school worked overtime to deliver Chromebooks and hotspots to those students who didn't have the transportation. I've read the stories in other counties where kids would walk to school or get close by and, and have to get Wi-Fi access that way. So I know that those are their stories, but I like I said, it, that's not thankfully the story for my school. I mean, we got an email yesterday for some reason about hundred kids um, hotspots are not working. So now we have oh. to work to get them new hotspots because the hotspots aren't working. Right. But let me also say Dr. Williams that it's not just the, t- the kids, it's teachers. We have teachers who come to the building every day, check in, temperature check, sign in, go straight to their classroom and work because they don't have adequate Wi-Fi at home. Wow. Depending on where they live or they may not have it. You know, in the state of North Carolina, over half of the teachers work a second job.
0: Okay.
1: So there are great needs with our teachers, excuse me, with our students, but as well as the teachers, because teachers can't support the kids if they don't have what they need. So there's a significant number of teachers who come into the office to access the Wi-Fi. So in, in thinking about
0: that digital vibe piece, are students like becoming more, uh, are you still getting the type of calls since the kids are not in the school that you would with kids being in school, being stressed out, not no. figuring out how to be able to make it, the, the
1: issues with kids at home, are you still getting those types of calls? Oh we're getting more. We've, we have uh, what's called co-located mental health services. meaning there are certain agencies that are assigned to each school and when we were in the building, the therapists would come to the cl- come to the building during lunch or before or after school and meet with the kids during that time. That eliminated um, you know the cost mostly. It eliminated transportation when it was an issue. And so now we're doing that virtually. So we've had more referrals for those collated type co-located services because the pandemic has been very hard on a lot of people but particularly kids um you know we have kids who log in but don't do anything don't do any assignments they're they're present in your class but they aren't doing anything they're just disconnected um, there was a, um, a student with suicidal ideations at my school just this week he already has a therapist. We made the parents aware, and made those connections, but some of our students are really, really struggling um, with, you know, the the lack of human contact is what I'm going to call it. Even though they're with their family, you know, we're ten months in now. They're missing their friends. They played sports. They're missing that. They were in clubs. So those kinds of things they're missing.
0: And so, um, do you find that to be uh, in proportion to um, blacks and white students, Hispanic students. Is it more one ethnic group than the other? Is it more boys, more girls, or is it still that smorgasbord kind of thing? That's a little bit of everybody. Because I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking about what's happening to some of these kids, and when we come out of this, what is really going to be that mental, that mental state of 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 the kid to continue to go forth? Since you know they are are really um,
1: um, being challenged by the pandemic. Or if I'm able to work and help get money for the family because my classes are online. Ah. And our kids go to school, Our in high school in Durham, the students are doing three days a week. They have class on Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. And Wednesdays are called Wellness Wednesday. And okay. counselors, social workers, um, other support personnel in the school do a variety of workshops. Um, We're available just to talk to the kids on Wednesday. And then on Friday, Friday mornings are for intervention and acceleration. Let's say you're in math three, not doing too well. You can make an appointment to meet with your math teacher every Friday morning and get that support. And then Friday afternoon um, is club meetings. So we try to put that socialization in, but you know, after a while, it's been 10 months now. You know, they, they get tired of sitting in front of the computer to socialize with people. But, yeah, Wednesdays are the day we focus on for the, the mental health piece, but it really is is time. But across, to answer your question, it's across the board. Um, my school is majority minority. When I got there, the largest population was Black students, then Hispanic, then white students. It's now majority Hispanic, then Black, and then white. Wow. So we're seeing a little bit of everything. Um mm-hmm. The anxiety diagnoses are definitely, you know, increasing. ADHD. Imagine a kid with ADHD, pretty much staying in their room all day on Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, wow. sitting in front of a computer. That's what we're dealing with here.
0: And so then that just becomes um, a tremendous challenge um, for their growth and for their well-being. Because they, they they really need air, they need movement, um, they need socialization to be Absolutely. able to, to be able to go forth and and to make it. Uh, if you're just joining me today on the grip, I am so excited that you decide. Much love to you to hang out with me today. I've got Portia Jacobs, and she is a school counselor in the Durham County School System, which is probably another one of the largest schools uh districts uh in, in the state yeah. of North Carolina just doing uh, a lot of tremendous things and and she let me know that this is National School Counselors Week. So um hey, much love to you again for uh what you do and having done it for you know uh two decades plus man that's thumbs up on on that end. So really excited. it doesn't
1: seem that long until you say it. Uh
0: <laughs> right, right. Right. Um, But what it does say is that um, impacting the lives of individuals uh, by trying to work them through whatever issues they may have to get them back on course. And and so they can still reach their dreams and they can still um, become what God would have for them to be. Um, I was listening attentively as you were talking about, you know, the different problems the kids are having, the challenges they're having, how you all in Durham are working through you know some of those challenges and things um, that are essentially taking place. Um, I know up here on uh, on this end um, in the west, a little west up, you know, Charlotte, Gastonia, and things of that nature. Um, I think it's happening across the state where they're talking about you know students who are failing classes. Yeah. Uh, I know there was a report that came out in Charlotte about thirty eight percent. I know this is definitely in Charlotte about thirty eight percent students. Um, had not fared well um, in their their, um, educational pursuit, which is now creating some other challenges. Like, are we going to retain these kids? Are these kids going to be able to to graduate? Um, Or what's going to happen um, down the road with with this? Um, When you you have conversations with other colleagues and things of that nature administration-wise, what seems to be why they think that kids are just not really doing well in this environment. Is it because it's all new to be in virtual school? Or is it the fact that the kids are just not participating? What seems to be the challenge in that piece?
1: All of that. And, you know, Ah, helping out with state testing. Um, For some reason, even though we're virtual, state tests still had to happen face-to-face. So a couple of weeks ago, I was helping out with state testing and one of my students came in and um, and I don't know Durham County statistics, but I can tell you that back in October, my school has about 1,700 students. Back in October, over 1,000 students failed at least one class. Wow! At least one. Some of them were failing all four. Wow! in a four by four block. But I saw thousand, students, that. Really, you said a thousand students. At one thousand failed at least one class for the first quarter, which was October.
0: Wow. Okay. So and then it then, is a statewide problem. Then. It
1: is. It is, right. absolutely. And so this young man came in, young black man. He's a senior. I've been with him the whole time. And so, because well, I recognize him with his mask on. So that tells you something. He right. Walked in, I'm like, okay, sure. what's going on? I saw your grades. What's happening here? And he said something to me that I guess I knew, but I hadn't had a child. Put it this way. He said, "Miss Jacobs, schools just feel so optional now. Wow. Right, and that was, so on the inside, that was me on the outside, I was like, but it's not because you need to graduate. So let's go take this test, let's pass this test, give them a little pep talk, send them on. But I really reflected on that because, I mean, it's like they have to log on to a computer, um, sit like this. You know, some of them don't have their cameras on because maybe I don't want people to see what's in the background. Mm. There may be things going on. I have to be muted because I might not want you to hear the things that are being said in my home. I have a very good friend who's an elementary school principal and she was observing a class last week, I think it was. And um, one of the dads was in the frame for either a kindergarten or a first grader, um, not entirely appropriate, but in view of the students. Wow. So there's all kinds of challenges to why they aren't connecting. Um, Let's be real, all the teachers aren't good at connecting with them. It takes a lot of effort to connect with a person virtually. If they were in that class back in the spring, when they walked out in March, they already had that teacher about two months. So there was already a connection. But when you're meeting the kids online and trying to develop relationships with them that way, it takes a lot more work to get them invested because let's be real, as teenagers, they don't always see what's best for them in the long run. They do the work for the teachers they like. She made wow. me mad, so I didn't do anything. Well, you wow. didn't hurt her. Right. You actually
0: hurt yourself. I think that's a powerful statement that that young man said. Screw I've been yourself. thinking about it since he said it. Wow. Because, you know, I, I, I tell you now, I just, I quickly changed my my um, podcast hat and I went to a pastoral setting real quick and I said to myself, it's the same thing church-wide. People are, are, are about to say or say, or have been saying or saying
1: right now, it's optional. Right. You I know? don't have like, to be on at 10 o'clock because it's right. on Facebook Live. So when I get up later, right. I can come back and watch it later. Absolutely. Right. right. Same thing.
0: And so that's going to be an impact in all of these organizations that, and in every aspect of our life where um, the virtual meeting has become dominant. That when we get a chance to get back out, we're going to be um, competing in uh, lack of a better phrase, but we will be competing in some sense um, with individuals still saying, I still can stay home and you still should offer it because it's, it's optional. It's well, and it exactly. will be.
1: Let's be real. There will always be a hybrid version of almost everything after this. There are pastors who were dead set against doing Facebook Live before the pandemic. Right, they've been preaching on Facebook Live for at least nine <laughs> months. They didn't get in that person. They're on Facebook Live now.
0: Uh, oh yeah, they are because that's the only There's way. There's no other Facebook way. Live when you got a streaming service, you absolutely your website. You're doing and, something. Because and when we do connected. get
1: back into our building, because there are going to be those people who are reluctant, right? Or those members you have acquired who maybe live somewhere else, or they do work on Sundays. You don't want to drop them, so right. you're going to have to offer something to them. Right. School is going to be the same way. We are going to have those online classes. Um, one of my classes at Duke this semester is Christian Education and Public Ministry.
0: Okay.
1: And so we've been talking a lot. We're just in, in my life, period, you know, the last couple of weeks, the word relational is right. just reverberating with me because we are relational. We are relational people. What we do is relational. Right. And that's the biggest thing is that connection. And if we can't connect with people, We've already lost them, whether it's school, church, wherever we are.
0: Right. And so, and it is difficult to connect with people, uh, especially uh, when we're sitting there uh, in the conversation and then I can do this to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) See, when I can do that to you, that says a lot because I don't know what you're thinking about me when I do, you know, what was on my mind or what was going on. (laughs) <laughs> and so you tune out. But when you're sitting in a room around a table or or something of that nature, body language says a lot about what's what's Absolutely. actually taking place. And so it's it's really going to be uh, a tremendous uh, challenge for us. I just had to say that uh, You know, it kind of hit me for a minute when he said that. So I'm I'm definitely going to be um, uh, thinking about that young man and his statement as well, because um, I'm hoping. That the interest that kids have is still going to be there. Now, this past week, I was listening to the governor and his conversation about going back to school. I don't know if I really understood that press conference that happened um, or not, because it didn't really seem like it said when you were going back or if you were going back. It almost seemed like it was saying much of what's already been said before, a whole lot of stuff, which is whatever district you're in and whatever you all have decided, whatever's best for y'all, that's what you won't end up doing, which is almost interpreted to me as saying, okay, if whatever you got is working, you know, keep on working it. So if you were four days on and one day off or two days on, one off and two more days, why would you switch it if it's been working to just go to bring everybody back all five days? So that's going to be an interesting discussion to see How that's going to happen? I don't. I don't think that's going to really happen in the state of North Carolina toward the conclusion of this year. Maybe the start up of the next one.
1: But they have a plan. What they're what they're talking about is whenever, if the state legislature approves it, then within was it 15 days you have to take action. Right now, you can't tell me that 1,700 students and 150 faculty and staff members can all of a sudden one day return to my school safely.
0: Right, right, without there being some planning and then that planning trickling down from a state to a district, Absolutely. County and then to a local school and everybody understanding what that plan is. Cause we have to face it, there's still some people who don't believe in masks we still got a crowd that doesn't believe that the virus is real. Yes, they sir. don't believe that I people have actually me. died. And when I heard someone say they didn't think that people really had died, I'm like, well, well, what happened? Where did we just get, we did, did somebody just make up this number of these individuals that um, these news medias keep uh, telling us? So that's a whole nother conversation, but it just seems so, so far-fetched um, that our kids for almost two years have been challenged with their education Um, What do you think about long-term impact on this two-year challenge or uh, interruption cycle of a child's education?
1: Well, I know there's been a lot of teachers who were eligible for retirement who chose to do so rather than make all of the adjustments. And you can't really blame them, you know, because there's a whole new system they had to learn in order to be able to teach virtually or they were concerned about their health because of their ages and other health conditions. So that impacts the incoming teachers. Are we finding qualified teachers to hire or are we going to have classes led by long-term substitutes who are just doing substitute work, which is not necessarily teaching, unless you happen to find a sub that's a retired teacher or something. So that piece is there. Um, You know, again, people, are forgetting how to talk to one another Mm. you know i've gotten so you know as much as we're on zoom if i have a meeting um i'm the the lead counselor at my school i'm the dean of student services so if i want to meet with one of the other counselors i send them a zoom link because i like to look at people when i talk to them right sometimes we talk on the phone and i'll take that but what we're not going to do is just email or text back and forth right because the rest of that is that leaves you open to misunderstanding.
0: Precisely, so, and you end up saying things in text messages and sometimes in an email that you would not say if I was looking directly at you. So it just changes the nature. conversation. goes back to what you said about being relational,
1: relational. right? And, and then kids, the kids don't know really how to communicate that way. If the teacher is only communicating with them by email, that's not really connecting with them, and that's not really going to to be very effective. So I think we're losing some of our communication skills. So I think that that piece is going to be impacted with who's actually teaching the students. I think our communication skills are definitely being impacted because not only do you say stuff you didn't intend to say, but, you know, if you had an argument with your spouse that morning and you're still upset, you read into my email your feelings and you think I have an attitude with you when I really just sent you an email, right? You're upset with someone else. So the communication piece and the socialization, I mean... You know, people are going to have to get used to being in a room with a group of people again. Right. They are and missing that conversation. Right. And not feeling
0: like there's something getting ready to happen um, because, you know, essentially, we're not really going to feel comfortable. I do know that saying, you know, two-thirds uh, herd immunity. So, you know, we've got almost 278 million that need um, a vaccine but we still got six or seven, eight months down the road to really make sure it gets settled in Absolutely. uh, before, you know, you just got this freedom that I feel like that we can be that close in a board meeting in a room that you could, that now you probably could only get six in. uh, Before the pandemic, you probably could have put 16 in around a table and had a discussion. But Who knows how that's gonna change all the dynamics of the things that that we got going on. Let me shift gears on you, Amanda Gorman, who just took us by storm at the inauguration. And essentially, she's gonna do it again at the Super Bowl. When you think about her and you think about the fact that she had this speech um, auditory um, um, challenge, um, I, I think there was one article talking about how she said she had this problem with pronouncing the letter R. Mm-hmm. And, and when you think about her and her success and you think about African-American students, especially. Um, and you remember, you know, we were on stages or little platforms and we had safe speeches, you know, kids Definitely. don't say speeches, you know, too much anymore. When you think about, you know, her success. Um, what what does that do for you as a school counselor when you start looking at those kids that struggle so much and that are going through so much, and i just trying to make it because of all the different dynamics that they
1: have going on in their lives. And you are absolutely right. The school where I work now, the first year I was here on our senior night, I had to make a presentation. And when I sat down, they were like, oh my God, you need to read everything. where did you learn how to read like that? I'm like, annual essay contest at my church. <laughs> so that's <laughs> right. where that came from. But she is amazing. And the more I read about her, the more impressed I am with her. And the fact that she had this issue, pronouncing the letter R, up until two or three years ago. Right. This is not something that she dealt with as a small child. I mean, she still struggled with this. I think she is um, an example of what we can be.
0: Mm. So
1: often we use obstacles and challenges as a, a reason to not do or not try. And I think she is a wonderful example to our children and to us that if we just keep trying, we can overcome those obstacles. And maybe it doesn't always look the same, it doesn't always sound the same, but we can overcome those obstacles and challenges.
0: Yeah, I, I was um, very impressed with her at the inauguration, and I'm sure that you know she's going to knock it out the park on tomorrow. Yeah. But uh, we, uh, I, I'm hoping for the grip family that's listening today as you share with. Um, the kids that you are around, um, that in your personal family or just kids, you know that you just keep on encouraging them to be everything that they can be and keep on striving to be because, I mean, who would have thought that she uh, would have landed that opportunity or the fact that uh, confidence would have been placed in her for her to have that opportunity at such a young age. And I mean, so, I mean, we're going to be hearing from her for years and years and years, it's almost like you think about poet wise and you think about Maya Angelou and how long we live with her and her work on that grand yeah. stage. And, and you almost thought, well, man, now we don't have anybody else. Um, and then um, here comes this this fresh wind of, of, of a new of a new star. And she comes upon the stage and she just kills it. I mean, you know, and and just goes forth and and makes it happen. And uh, I think that when we're not in class, um, kids are missing that push and that edge. It's kind of hard to do that when you're trying to teach by Zoom with everybody else in some of that stuff that teachers would have said to their students or things I remember teacher walking by my desk and and saying yeah, yeah, yeah to me. And it was kind of isolated to me versus, you know, you saying it on the Zoom and right. then, you know, everybody else is hearing exactly what you're saying at that time.
1: Right, you can't walk over to a kid and put your hand on their shoulder and whisper in their ear. Right. On Zoom. What do you do, uh-huh. put them in a the breakout room and leave the rest of the class unattended? Right. I mean. So, oh, yeah. and
0: we have definitely found out this week that leaving students unattended, We can happen especially up in this area where we've got an article that just took place of a fight that broke out um, because the teacher stepped away um, and that students went ham. Um, and uh, you know, hey, um, th- those things are going to going to take place. It's just a such a different world that we're in. Yes, um, um, that makes it a challenge. But I wanted to bring her up and I wanted to gain your thoughts about on What's uh, her success and what she's been doing? And then on that same day, I mean, here we have, um, you know, a woman of color who rises to one of the highest offices that the country could have. And I, I know here at Delta, I know she's an AKA, and 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 uh, both of you all have celebrated Founders' Days last month and all that good stuff. But when you when you just look at her as being a woman of color. Um, you know, what are your thoughts about what, how that impacts women in leadership as we move forward in years to come with uh, her elevation?
1: Well, I hope with both her and you know, President Barack Obama, we don't get the, you know, we gave you the obligatory person. Now they're the last one for a long time. Right. But, you know, she is, a, a, again, a wonderful example of what we can be. You know, just like we could really tell little black kids once he was elected, yes, you really can be president. Now we can make sure we say the same thing doubly to little girls, because let's be real. You know, often things happen first for men, but it takes a little while longer for women. So and and there are more and more women in Congress now. Right. So and and new women, women who didn't have that same background, you know, they are challenging the system because they have something to say as well. So she is leading the pack of a wonderful group of women who I hope will be our new heroes and our new black history posters because we still want to honor those heroes of yesterday but we've got some new heroes and examples that we can honor as well you know as they keep saying ladies put your shoes on because there's glass on the floor wow that glass ceiling has been cracked wow and and we're we're not going to back up off of it
0: right and I think that what has happened is that not only has it given hope, but it has also put the stake in the ground um, as saying, uh, women are saying we're here and not only are we here just for you two, to, to see us, but we're here to work.
1: Absolutely. We're here
0: to make a difference and to impact um, what is taking place around us. And so I think that those things are, you know, so significant um, for us to be able to see. And and to witness, um, and I and I think that um, they're getting off to a good start. Um, if we can get past whatever is happening right now with this uh, coronavirus uh, relief bill um, recovery act, then you know we'll we'll be able to see some other things to go forth, and she can actually put her stamp on some stuff. But I just think her presence in the office absolutely
1: says something, the something.
0: Right, uh, says something for the country. Uh, it says something for the world, um, especially with her being uh, a person uh, in color. So now you are a tenured um, person in the Durham County um, uh, school system. I mean, two decades is not nothing to just, you know, kick the bucket at and say, oh, OK, I just started this because you've got years and years worth of knowledge built upon that. How does that play into your role in terms of when? Uh, as, as being a woman of color and being in uh, the position that you're in, dean of students and a student counselor and, and the impact because you've been there so long. Um, do you, did it change that leadership look upon you or, um, or the other women that, were,
1: that work in your area, in your school? It has. It has changed. Um, we do have a diverse group of counselors at my school. And since I've been there, the counseling staff has been the majority black, but it still has changed in other ways. Because when department chairs meet and I sit at that table, that table looks a little bit different. And um, there's been times when I've had to uh, help them to see me. Shall I say? Uh-huh. <laughs> By helping them to hear me.
0: <laughs> so, you know, oh, what I'm are you not, talking now.
1: Oh. I'm not just here because right, right. I didn't have anything else to do. Right. I'm here for a reason. I'm a professional. And I have something to say. Right, so, absolutely. And you know what? I still run into men who are sometimes a little bit different to deal with because there's times when you have to consider ego and, and that kind of thing because, you know, I've worked with men who are accustomed to being in charge and then they came to work on the staff with me and they were no longer in charge. Right. So we had to have some conversations. Right. But what has happened with her elevation is it is it
0: is I think it has helped to alleviate a little bit more, not totally destroyed it, but alleviate more and probably will continue the fact that, yes, I am in charge and yes, I will do a good job. And yes, I will be fair about everything that's going on. And I mean, I will be able to make this happen. Well, and
1: you know, I- there is the philosophy that you have to see something to be. it, And maybe not vice president in particular, but maybe they see her as a color, a woman of color in leadership. Right. They will see more women of color in leadership in other places. Right. Because if a woman can be vice president of the United States of America, she can certainly lead a school. She can lead a school district. She can lead a church. She can lead a presiding elder district. She can lead an Episcopal district. There are lots of things that women can do. Right, right. And it's not that they could not
0: do them before. It's just that now that her elevation has brought it to um, such a different light um, that it was not seen in before. Um, And when you said um, to see it, to become it or to see it and to do it, now you have the first grader. Who or yeah. the third grader who gets to do a report on the
1: vice president of the United States. And look at it this way. They will always be able to say that they knew of people of color in those positions right. where you and I didn't see that. Right, we hope for it. They Right, they can always picture that. Right. And so that's gonna change their tra- trajectory maybe in their mindset because they always have that picture of her up there with her hand up giving it over.
0: Right. And no longer are you able to hold that over my head and to say to me in an educational setting what I cannot become. Absolutely. Because before Barack Obama, that was something that could be said that I couldn't become it because it hadn't happened yet. Right. So I was only being hopeful. So then uh, then he becomes. And that opens up the floodgate of possibilities of it happening again. And now she's become that, so you cannot say that it cannot happen because now Absolutely. it has it has taken place. Which what is just
1: manifestation taken. has taken place.
0: That's right. That's right. There's that manifest word. Um, we can do more than just bounce a basketball and run touchdowns. That's right. Uh, and be track stars um, and and stand up and be comedians and be in movies or things of that nature. You know, we, we can be those things, but we also can be uh, top world renowned leaders that Absolutely. can be respected uh, in everything we do. Portia, I really appreciate you, you coming on and hanging out with me today right here on The Grip. If you're just tuning in, uh, my guest, Portia Jacobs from the Durham County School System and uh, school counselor, educator, Christian educator, and all that different things happening in her life. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today on the grip, it has been a great conversation. And, and I'm hoping that some individuals have been encouraged. I grabbed a couple of, a couple of nuggets out of this one today, and I'm, I'm definitely going to jot them down and expand and go forth. Now, I know you got a busy calendar, uh, have fun, uh, but not too much fun. Don't get wore out. And you, I don't know if you're a football person, but since I got you on, you got any predictions for tomorrow? There's uh, anybody you, you rooting for or is it just going to be one of them things you're going to be chasing and watching the commercials?
1: Well, I I probably will mostly be watching the commercials, honestly, and I won't be gathering with anyone, but um, to sound like Issa Rae, I'm rooting for everybody Black. I don't know a lot about the other team, but I do know the Chiefs have a a Black quarterback. Right. So right now I'm with Mahomes.
0: (laughs) I got you. I got you. All right, lady, take care. Have a great day. So and uh, I, really appre- I really appreciate you coming on and sharing and we'll be talking soon, all right?
1: All right, thank you so much. All right, take care. Thank right.
0: you. All right. Well, we are here. We are so excited about what is going on, what is taking place in our country. Um, and yet to realize and to know that our kids are are doing, you know, a lot of great things. And uh, we have to be so concerned and so interested in their well-being. Because if we're not interested in their well-being, if we're not interested in what's going on with them, then certainly um, we're going to be in for a very rough, rocky road. And so I'm just excited um, that I had this opportunity uh, to chat just a little bit with Uh, Portia and uh, to be able to go forth and, um, you know, just be enlightened a little bit on some things going on. Now, uh, I want to just take a moment here and uh, just share uh, a little bit with you um, as we get ready to conclude on our day um, with what I call uh, for just a minute uh, going to be the grip our uh highlight here that's right uh, Spotlight that we got going on of the Livingstone College yes gospel choir man and they've got a uh, new single that's out it's called exalt uh it has been put together by Pastor Christopher Gray and uh featuring Blanche. McAllister Dykes uh, yes so they are the, the grip spotlight for today and uh, you might be able to hear it in the background but I'm telling you what I need you to do I need you to go out there and get this yes iTunes Apple music Spotify Amazon music plenty of other uh, digital platforms Amy Zion church this is your choir man they sound amazing amazing it's awesome. So, you know, you need to check it out. Um, and uh, one of the things that needs to happen, I'll tell you what needs to happen um, as you go forth and, and make it, uh, make a purchase. Uh, iTunes, you purchase Apple, uh, Apple Music, you're just going to be sharing it. But the reason why you want to go out there now within the next 20, 10 to 15, 20 days is because in order for a record to get the sound scan, which is to put it on the national charts, it's gotta get enough hits. And there are enough people in the AME Zion church to break this record through and put it on the national charts. So if you love Livingstone, if you're a blue bear, that's right. Uh, if you are a Christopher Gray fan, if you've got a member in your family in that gospel choir, you've got to go out there and get it, all right? They are this week's The Grip, uh, Spotlight, the Livingstone College gospel choir, and uh, I'm just excited about uh, being able to share that with you on the day. So go on out there, iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify, any other digital format. Um, that is out there in the country. Uh, certainly, uh, you can be able to do uh, what needs to take place, and so I'm just excited uh, that we have this opportunity to be able to make all of that happen and to go forth in that powerful way. And uh, uh, and let's do it. All right, let's do it. 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 All right. So uh, until next week. All right, hold it down and I will talk with you later. All right, David Anthony for the grip, peace.